Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Thursday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. And we have a controversial episode of Yo MTG Taps this week. Uh, this is the first of our two weeks of Cons of Tarkir spoilers. Uh, first, before we get into the spoilers, which um, is the most wonderful time of the year, um, we are going to talk briefly about a couple things, decks we've been playing and stuff like that. So, uh, first of all, uh, standard... Uh, you know, it's the end of the standard season, right before rotation, and um, some of us like to play things that uh, we enjoy because either we think they're going to be good later, or they don't feel like putting anything else together, or, you know, we're going to take a chance on something random that we thought could work during the year, but maybe didn't for whatever reason, or some of us are just a big nasty troll and run the most boring deck in standard. So Steven, um, tell us about that. Yeah. So kind of, as we discussed in the last episode, I'm kind of just sick and tired of the current standard metagame and to troll everyone at F and M. And because no deck, uh, currently was exciting me, I decided to run the blue-white, no-win-condition control that won the last uh, Pro Tour. Um, I played one test match on Moto, and it was, of course, the exact 75-card mirror match. So um, that, that tested my skills in trying to finish a match in time, which I, which I did. Uh, we each had about 50 seconds left on our clocks, and I, I won in Game 3. <laughs> but uh, just to give you an idea of how... I mean, there's just literally no win conditions in the deck. I ultimated a Jace, and I went to go get... I actually tried to go... This is good to know before FNM, because I would have accidentally cheated otherwise. I tried to go get a Mutavault, because that was as close to a win condition as I had in the main deck. Mm. Uh, but it's, it actually says uh, non-land card on the Jace ultimate. Huh. Yeah, I didn't even know that. So I had to settle for getting just a replacement Jace and my opponent's Elixir of Immortality, <laughs> which kind of just shows you the uh, just how much dirtling these decks really do. It was, it was pretty sad. And yeah, so I, I, I managed to win one match, decided that was enough testing, and, and took it to uh, F&M. And uh, it, was, <laughs> it was okay. I, uh, people were not very happy. Uh, to be playing against me, which was kind of the point. <laughs> um, and uh, I think we actually ended up playing round two. Is that not? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you were playing Burn. Yeah, for the it's... first time, because I've been very proud of the fact that I did not play Burn this entire standard. From the day one, from day one of standard, I was playing blue-white control, remember? That's not something to be proud of. I, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I am proud of that, because I'm 
really stubborn, or, or in the past, uh, I was really stubborn about playing red in every format, whether or not it was actually good. Um, and there have been formats where it was really bad, and I just jammed it anyway and did miserably. Um, so, you know, what I really wanted to do this past year was expand my mind and, and just learn how to play other archetypes and, and, and branch out more than I had been in the past. Um, so I did that, you know, I played the blue white control for a little while. I only played it for like three months or something. And then I sold off all the pieces. Um, and then I, um, played, uh, mono black devotion for a while. Um, and then moved into the, uh, the green deck, the, uh, you know, green X devotion, mostly green, um, actually just played mono green this past Friday, but, um, but yeah, so I mean like, you know, green, black devotion, green devotion, a little bit of blue, green devotion there when I was, uh, testing out a couple things, but anyway, I mean, I'm proud of the fact that I just dodged the deck, but I finally decided, I was like, we got two weeks, three weeks, however long it was to go in standard. I haven't played it yet. Ryan wanted to test something else that needed like, you know, seven or eight cards from my green devotion deck that I was going to play. I was like, yeah, dude, I'll lend them all to you. Let me burn. You know what I mean? Like, why not? Like, it's awesome. Yeah. So, so I did and, uh, I played it and I loved it. It was great. I mean, obviously I loved it. It was just like coming home. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, we got to play against each other in round two. Um, uh, and it was a very frustrating matchup. Um, which I'm sure is the point of the deck, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, Esper Control is a slightly favorable matchup for Burn, but but yeah. Blue White's actually just really bad. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm sure, and I, I had I made you know, I had no doubts in my mind going in that I was you know, in 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 for a bad trip. So uh... <laughs> yeah, um, and it, it pretty much went according to plan uh, from the Blue White Control mm. uh, player's perspective. I, and I I did play the the seventy five from the Pro Tour. I resisted all temptations to actually put a a win condition, either an Aetherling. I even, uh, in a moment of weakness, considered splashing a little heavily for red and just throwing one Kyranos in there. Just <laughs> And if if anyone's playing control at FNM, they, they probably don't need me to tell them this, but definitely put a win condition in your deck. Um, your typical opponent at an FNM, you know, it's it's not competitive rules enforcement. The, the, the pace of play is extremely important for that deck. Yeah, true. Um, I think I dropped one game the whole night, and there were several matches where if I had dropped a single game, then it would have just gone to time. Yeah. So, um, that <laughs> that that was the biggest uh, the biggest problem. In fact, uh, round three, I played basically a control mirror, except it was a bant control list. I played against a bant control list. Yeah. And we only got one game done, uh, and I won in turns on the fifth turn. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and that, so that was game one, and uh, the deck is just. It's like it gave me a, it, there, there's the, the decisions themselves aren't too difficult to make, but it's just that you have to make so many of them uh, per turn yeah. that it just it starts to pile up. And you also have to make those decisions very quickly if you have any hope of finishing the round in time. Mm -hmm. So uh, but I mean, you know, uh, in exchange for that, you get a, a deck with just an unlimited uh, top end. So. Uh, my opponent actually resolved an Aetherling against me. like, And it wasn't even that late in the game. It was, I think, like, turn eight or nine. And just because of Elixir of Immortality, you could just set it up where, you know, normally resolved. Like, Aetherling was specifically designed to be a mirror breaker in control matchups and in these interminable, uh, interminable uh, 
control mirrors. Right. Uh, but even with a, against a resolved Daetherling, it was just almost no problem uh, because with Elixir of Immortality, um, once you've played enough lands, you could just Sphinx's Revelation every single turn and leave up Dissolve Mana. So I basically, yeah, I was able to take hits from the Aetherling, you know, Sphinx for 10, 13, 15, and eventually, you know, my entire deck, but for one card to make sure I hit the Elixir of Immortality. Um, leave up Resolve, or uh, leave up Dissolve Mana, and then eventually land a Jace uh, and keep ticking it up while <laughs> while holding up. So eventually, like, I didn't have enough mana to do it every single turn. What I would do is... I would uh, fix his revelation for some huge amount to blank two swings from the, the Aetherling. But then by the time I got uh, the, the Jace up, every single turn I had to hit Quicken Supreme Verdict and then Sphinx's Revelation for the rest <laughs> and play my uh, Elixir of Immortality and then reset it and make sure I kept a hand with Sphinx, Supreme Verdict, and Quicken and dissolve. <laughs> um, and so basically I was using quicken and Supreme verdict as a fog every single turn of the game, uh, so that he'd have to blink the Aetherling and not hit my Jace, Ugh. uh, until the point where I could ultimate the Jace, go get his Kiora, do the same thing every single turn as I ticked up the Kiora. It's like an ultimate, the Kiora. And then eventually I swung with Krakens, uh, for almost exact, uh, lethal, the last turn of in turns Jeez. in game one. <laughs> Ugh. So, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that that uh, makes me not miss any of the Azorius cards that are now about to rotate. And uh, there, there, there are a few people that were like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> they did not approve, and and I and I uh, I sympathize. I I I hated myself. I I hated the experience. It just it, it was different, and I think it was uh, it was much like the last episode where I got to complain about standard and moto is very cathartic and uh something i think i <laughs> needed to do and uh definitely enjoyed it and i i it i could play uh control in the future if for some reason that's uh <laughs> the only possible choice and it actually makes sense to do um it uh, i eventually went uh forno um and it since it was like a super fnm or whatever uh the three undefeated people had to decide whether to split or not Right. And since I was, you know, the whole point of this was to troll, uh, <laughs> I tried to break and, and say, no, I wanted to play it out. Uh, but uh, I was overruled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That Everyone want, just wanted to go home. And I probably, I mean, I would have screwed up at some point. My brain was like just dead. And yeah. It was like 1230 at night. Right. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was interesting. And it's, uh, it's a much different deck than Burn. And I guess having played both, I would say... I think Bird's probably harder to play just because, like, I noticed myself messing up, like, in retrospect multiple times with uh, with playing blue-white control. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't matter when you can make up for you, – you can you can cover up a lot of mistakes with Supreme Verdict or Sphinx's right. Revelation for, you know, X equals five or more. I mean, you still have to play <laughs> just like any deck um, to play it at 90% or above. Uh, proficiency, you know, it still requires skill. Right, of course. And, and psychologically, it feels like you're doing more, and you're you're out you're outsmarting them more because you're just doing more stuff. And from the you know, in uh, conversely, from the burn player perspective, you could just have a hand that, depending on your matchup, will just win the game. Like your opening hand has the win in it, and all you have to do is just goldfish. 
right. which makes it seem like a really dumb deck, but that's only, you know, 10 to 15% of your hands. Uh, and on the other side, there's there's almost literally no seven-card hand from control that's, oh, I've got this. Uh, because with especially with blue-eye control, you need to see like 20 or 30 cards before you even have a hope of getting around to, to winning the game. So there's no seven-card hand that could actually tell you whether that's going to happen or not. Right. Um, that's pretty much it. I, I, I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to miss it. It was, uh, it was, it was a good thing to do and yeah, totally. it's, it's a good, uh, tool to build, I guess, in my toolbox in terms yeah. of, um, I, I, cause I already kind of felt like I knew how to play control to an extent just because, uh, it's a matchup I focus on because I typically play very aggressive decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I usually like I'll have a plan that no point did I play a deck this standard season where I did not have a plan for Esper or blue white control. Like I knew what spells would be important on what turn, how to sequence them, you know, when to go for it, when to not overextend into a, a wrath. So just from that perspective gave me uh, some experience, but uh, I think it was marginally valuable in, in getting a little bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, I will now there, there will be no repeat performances with that. Um, that was a one-time only, <laughs> one-time well, only thing. Well, good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. So, uh, just real quick. Uh, last week at F and M, I played um. A uh, mono green devotion deck, mm-hmm. and uh, I really liked. Um, I, I got to play. Finally, got to uh mess with Hornet's Nest, right? Because I mean, I hadn't. Uh, I had you know more serious. Uh, events, I kind of was like, ah, I don't really want to play this card, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, or I, I just felt like, you know, un- I didn't feel comfortable putting it in a 75 when I wasn't 100% sure of it, even in, you know, the matchups that I feel like it's obvious in. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is mainly the mirror, um, to be honest, or other, other decks that are just big dudes swinging at each year and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let me just say what I did. So now it did have a lot to do with the fact that my opponent didn't know what the card did and swung into it with a six, six Arbor Colossus. But no, listen, so I was playing in the mirror and I was playing against a green devotion deck. And this guy had a board that was just crazy. It was like, he kept a one lander. He kept like a one forest hand or something. So, um, he, it was like turn one land, um, uh, mystic, and then he goes, turn two, uh, no second land, burning tree into Karyatid, right? Hmm. And then he goes, turn three, top decks the Nykthos. I was like, sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, I was happy for him, sure, you know? Yeah. And he goes, uh, turn three, Arbor Colossus. You know? I'm like, all right. All right. Turn three, Arbor Colossus off a of one land keep. That's pretty solid. So, uh, so um I dropped the hornet's nest, right? And I had a plan in place. I knew what I wanted to do with it, but he made the plan easier. So this is what happens. is The next turn, he drops a Pelucranos. He drops maybe something else. I can't remember. And then he attacks into it with the Arbor Colossus. So I block, naturally, with my hornet nest and get six death touch tokens. The next turn, I play my Satessin Tactics Strove. Is that the proper plural Stro- strived strived five times with all six token all six death touch tokens and wipe his entire board seems good it was 
insane. So, like, you know, it absolutely wiped his board. From that start, you know, that start was great. But then he had a Sylvan Karyatid, a Forest, and a Nykthos. Um, and that's just, like, one of the many things. Like, I feel like Hornet Nest plus Satessin Tactics. Because I think Satessin Tactics is main deckable, especially with how the format looks like it's shaping out. Uh, once rotation happens, I think that Satessin Tactics is going to be easily main deckable in the Green Devotion decks, and I think Hornet Nest might be too. Now, the reason why isn't necessarily because I'm going to block their big thing. That's cool and all, but one of my favorite interactions that I've been thinking about with uh, Hornet Nest and Satessin Tactics is, let's say you have a Pelucranos. And a hornet nest out, right? Very likely mm -hmm. scenario. So you cast the Tessin Tactics. You don't even have to cast it for more than, like, strive once and the spell. So you target your hornet nest and your Pelucranos, right? They both get plus one, plus one. So your your, your hornet nest is now a 1-3. Your Pelucranos is a 6-6. Six, six. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you fight the Pelucranos with the hornet nest. So you don't have to – just because it has Defender doesn't mean it can't fight. So yeah. you fight the Pelucranos with the Hornet Nest. The mm -hmm. Pelucranos deals six damage to your Hornet Nest, and you get six 1-1 one, one Death Touch tokens. And then you can still fight something else with your Pelucranos. I think it's a really cool interaction because it just leaves you with so much on the board. Like, it's just a really powerful interaction. And you can do that with any of your big creatures. Like, if you have, like, a um, – even if you have, like, a Boon Seder. Boon Seder will still be good for five, you know? Like, there's a lot of ways you can do it and and get a lot of tokens without even having to, like, wait for your opponent to do something. Or, or you can do it in response to your opponent trying to kill your Hornet Nest or something like that. Um I think the card is is really good. Um, after getting to just like play with it and see that interaction, but because I had been thinking about Satessin Tactics with it for a while, um, but after getting to actually see how it works, um, I think it's really good. Like I think it's really really good. Uh, I vote yes on main deck Satessin Tactics and no on the Hornet's Nest. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, and, and that's fair. But I think that the interaction. Uh, it, it's it's something to keep in mind, you know. Did, it, did you look at that mono green list I sent you from uh, yeah and WMCQ? Yeah, yes. that was interesting. I, I can't, I couldn't get a hold of. I ran zero nisses. I can't get a hold of any mm. nisses, so um, I didn't run any. But um, I think she's actually the most expensive card in standard right now. She might be. That's interesting. She's like forty bucks. Yeah, I don't see that price holding, and I'm not like totally sold on the card to be completely honest. Oh, I so, think it's fine right now, but I mean, who knows post rotation? But yeah, the uh, the Japanese list it ran four main decks of Tessin Tactics, yeah, and four main deck Golden Hinds, which was interesting. Yeah, the Hind was the weirdest thing to me. I was just a little little baffled by that one. Uh, but, I was um, actually like, the, if there's like one more standard uh, F and M before rotation, I was looking at the green red devotion deck that it's basically mono green devotion splash red. Yeah. That, uh, that um from the pro tour no that reed played like at the oh oh invitational. I didn't um yeah that was the standard deck um it's just basically like your your standard mono green shell with i think four genesis hydras um but it also splashed red for xenagos and domery and all that yeah. i was actually thinking like maybe like a one of clan defiance because like you can make so much mana that yeah i mean you can just burn them out yeah oh yeah no i've thought about that card for a while i think it's really good
um, or it's better than it's been given credit for, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of cards that, like, I speculated on that, like, mm-hmm. I that didn't pan out but meh whatever you know i was i was still surprised about a couple of them but uh um like signal the clans i totally thought that <laughs> was, i mean i know it seems like a solid card like it's basically a tutor you search for three things with different names and pick one isn't it the same as just picking one i mean like how no, is it's, that it's random Oh, pick one at random. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not still that's still not terrible though. If you've got three beefy things in there, you can just put three there and shuffle them up. Who cares? But uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I was still surprised to see it didn't get play. Um, but anyway, uh, my current my current I mean, I'm not I'm not one to speculate too hard on stuff uh, mm-hmm. unless it's uh, um, dark prophecy. But like. Uh, I did just get 16 copies of Obnixilis Unshackled in the mail today. Ooh. Now you've got a big problem with that. Why is that? Okay, so what's the converted mana cost of Obnixilis? It's six. And uh, to be honest, I thought it was five like for, for the longest time. Because the old Obnixilis was five. So I kept thinking Obnixilis cost five. Obnixilis cost five. But here's the thing. Is that we're moving into a big standard. You know, Mm -hmm. like, we're moving into a slower standard format, allegedly, supposedly, Um, and, like, and with fetch lands, and people are going to be searching the library all the time for for stuff, and, like, there are things like Generator Servant, and um, and Xenagos, and and just things like that, I mean, like, it's going to be a little harder to cast, like, to do a Jund deck, like, reliably, without the shock lands, but... It's still doable, and I think that, like, you know, th- there'll be ramp decks that'll be possible. Um, I think there's, there's, you know, and even, like, in a green-black deck, you could mm-hmm. power this thing out on, like, turn three, and uh, and pretty reliably. Um, you know, and, and doing that is going to shut down their fetch lands. It's going to, you know, when creatures die, you get counters on it. I mean, I don't know. It seems it seems like a good like a good card, and, and it's not even like I think it's going to be great or anything. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a card people are going to try. So that's why I picked a bunch of them up. Like, do I like you know? Yeah, sure. I'd rather, I'd like to have a set of them just in case it does hit. But you know, worst case scenario, you know, they will trade. I'll trade every single one of them. People will uh-huh. will want them. Okay, like, that's would... that's the one justification I could see where you're betting that there's a bunch of other crazy speculators that are slower than you they are down to (laughs) they had 30 some copies of the card in stock at star city at two bucks i got them for i got all 16 for like 19 dollars shipped so a little more than a dollar a card and they're down to four copies at two bucks on star city games so they've sold through seven play sets at two bucks each uh, in the last like week or less, and okay. and, and so I mean the, the the card is moving like the people are buying the card. I I get that. Yeah. So so well, I guess there's there's two different ways to look at it. from a uh, will this be good in standard perspective? Uh, my opinion, um, and I it's even a stretch to call this opinion. I, I think it's fact. It's it's horrible and it's not going to see play. Um, from a greater fool theory. I think it's it's a reasonable idea. I think other people might have the same idea. They'll they'll chase it up. They'll run out of stock, and then you can 
flip it to them. And, yeah. uh, and there you go. But from a, from a, just from a playability perspective, I just don't see it because you're ramping to six. And so at that point in most States where you get them on the board, they can fetch in response to you casting. So you're only going to disrupt the fetch lands that they draw once someone's already at six mana, which isn't all that impactful or until they deal with him, which is likely at six mana. Cause you know, they could, they probably have enough mana for a removal spell. And then on top of that, um, so let's say you ramp to six and you play this guy and I ramp to six and I play Elspeth and then I just minus her. And then now who's, whose board looks better? Mine. Because it's, clean, <laughs> it's cleaner and I'm a neat freak. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, my, my desk is pretty messy and I, I imagine my, my board states look pretty messy to the uh, third party. So <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, yeah, but no, really, I mean like the reason why I got it is because I've thought, Eh, other people might want this, and if it winds up being playable, I have a playset, and then I have some to trade. Like, you know, do, do not hold on to a playset of these. To anyone <laughs> that'll listen, hold on. To, <laughs> you don't even play Commander. That's the one place where I could see this getting played. Yeah, true. All right, all right. Well, anyway, I have them. I don't regret it. Um, and you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But, so uh, you have rotation. Yes, wrote well. Yes, that, that wasn't even remotely good. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> that was that was a that was a crash and burn segue there. Moving on, let's get into the spoilers. I'm just really excited about spoilers. Um, it's a little complicated in terms of like, you know, the clans and all that stuff. So we're just gonna start. We're gonna go clan by clan, and then um, we're using MythicSpoiler.com. Yeah, we usually do. So we're just starting with. Mythic spoiler, we're clicking on each clan, and then we're just looking at what they've got for each clan and moving down the list. So the first clan we're going to talk about are the Abzan Houses. Abazaba. <laughs> Abzan. Abazamba. <laughs> Abazamba, he's my only friend. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but, um... Uh, uh, so the first card is uh, Anafenza the Foremost. Uh, Anafenza the Foremost is a mythic rare. It's a black, a green, a white, black, and green. The legendary creature, human soldier. It's a four four. Whenever Anafenza the Foremost attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on another target tapped creature you control. So that could be a t- an attacking creature. That could be a creature you tapped to activate an ability. Um, Elvish Mystic. It could be Mystic. It could be whatever. Yeah. Um, if a creature card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. A creature card. So that's only if a creature card would be put into an opponent's graveyard. Oh, okay. Huh. So it doesn't totally hose Delve. But it does in a way. Well, no, it doesn't totally hose Delve, but most of the decks are going to want the creature cards to stay in their graveyard. So it's kind of kind of fills that role. Yeah. That's not bad. Um... I don't know. It's it's it. I mean, a four four for three is always pretty strong, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's totally playable, and if nothing else, it'll definitely get played as a sideboard card because the floor on it's you know a four four for three mana, which is pretty good, and um, the downside of that's a lot lower than running out of rest in peace or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it does it does hose the like the green black dredge decks that are that currently exist where. You're just trying to get a bunch of creatures in the yard for either a Nemesis Immortals or the 
really big um, bestow guy that gives you plus X plus X for all creatures. Night Howler. Night Howler. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. Now, the thing is, though, uh, it doesn't exile anything to start. No, yeah. So, so any, so you can't like top deck this when they're already like into their plan and go, all right, you know what I mean? Like shut you down. Like it just stops any further shenanigans from happening, which might not be good enough in terms of like, you know, if that second ability is going to be relevant because you would need this out early for it to actually matter. It seems right. Yeah, but I mean, the thing only costs three mana, so that's. Not too hard to get to. Mm-hmm. True. So, I, I think it sees play, but probably more as a sideboard card. Right. And, you know, in general, we don't know right now no. what's going to see play and what isn't. So, you know, let's not even, even – we don't even need to worry I mean, too much about what's going to see play and what isn't because who I mean, that knows? Might, that might be the case for you. I speak with absolute authority. I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> um, so the one thing I'm going to be doing – um, so I'm taking a trip in a week and, uh, I'm going on a 36 hour bus ride each way to go on said trip. So what I'm doing is I'm taking printed copies of standard. I got, cause I don't know if I'm going to have power the whole trip. I'm going to, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm my, my phone's going to be properly charged. So I'm actually going to print out, um, a full spoiler list of standard like for for post rotation standard and i'm going to spend my entire bus trip just brewing decks uh for and writing my article for legitmtg.com uh so that's gonna be really awesome so what i'm doing this is my experiment i have not read a single article so far about post rotation standard okay so so if i sound like i'm clueless about what could see play and what couldn't it's because i absolutely am and it's on purpose so what i'm going to do with this article is i'm going to just create a standard environment out of my mind. I'm going to look at the spoilers. I'm going to look at what we're going to have available to us and go, here's what I think standard will look like. I think it's going to be really fun to try, you know, cause like, this is the thing is like, you know, we live in a world where we have instant information constantly, you know, like a deck does well, someone writes up a deck list. We know that deck list like right away, you know, people post like Saito will post 15 decks and take pictures of them and put them on standard, you know, what I mean? or put them on, put them on. Saito Wayfinder. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's, and it's brilliant. It's great. It's a good, it's, it's, I'm not like saying that this is a negative, but it's just a unique thing to not be like, to not expose ourselves to that and to not elect to see the information, hmm. you know? So I'm going to just like, see, I don't care how wrong I am. It's not about look how smart I am. It's, it's what do I think standard will look like? It's just going to be a really unique exercise to try. Um, and I, will... no, I, I think that's cool because uh, reading about what people you assume to be smarter than you think about different cards, like it introduces, it introduces a ton of just biases yeah. that, are unhealthy if you're trying to just you know just brew right <laughs> so, right so I'll that's the... to see the results of that so that was card one yeah right and so join us next week as we uh, discuss siege rhino <laughs> part one in a 36 <laughs> yeah. no, but uh siege <laughs> rhino you want to read this bad boy right here yeah sure it's uh one colorless and one can i just say abzan abzan mm-hmm. it's one Colorless, one white, one black, one green, and it's a four five. So four total converted mana cost, and it's a creature rhino. It has trample, 
And when Siege Rhino enters the battlefield, each opponent loses three life and you gain three life. <sighs> I like it. I don't like it. And I don't like I thought that I don't like it because I think it's bad. I don't like it because I think it's really good. I don't want it to play against this thing. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the question is, is this better than Reaper of the Wilds? I yeah. think so. It, I like it more. It, yeah. I mean, like, it does something straight away. You know, it, it doesn't have a requirement where another creature dies or whatever. You know, it's it just does something. It has ETB trigger. And, like... I think you said there is there some sort of blink ability? No. 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 <laughs> oh, no. I wish there's a blink ability. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I saw the thing in your show notes about, I was like, no, I'm, ability. I'm praying for a blink ability. I think it'd yeah. just be so cool. And it also would be awesome with morph because you Is would... that how that works? You would get the creature back turned face up? Yep. Wow. <laughs> that's why I was looking at uh, Spirit Bind. Um, oh, God. I think that's the card name. I can't even, I cannot even recall if that's the actual name. Up? It's the enchantment. It costs like four and a white where I actually have it here on my desk so I can look it up. Uh, it's called Skybind. Skybind. Yeah, it's three white, white, and it has constellation. It's an enchantment, and it has constellation whenever Skybind or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control. Exile target non-enchantment uh, permanent and return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So that's the only blink effect that I know of other than... That trio of fates or whatever creature yeah. card. Oh, that's, that's even slower. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So, but it does fit into this color scheme. It does. So maybe there'll be there'll be something else and something that's actually playable, and you can get some blink effects, which would be just amazing with morph. So like, there's like modern decks with that are mono white, but they play. Uh, I think it's like a chroma, the Angel Fury. Yeah, yeah. Which is a morph card. Um, oh, and it plays Flicker Wisp or whatever. Yeah, Flicker oh, Wisp, wow. Restoration Angel. Um, so you can actually like it has it literally has no ability to hard cast it because it doesn't wow. generate red mana. So if there's something like that in standard with Morph, that'd just be really sweet. But I don't know if they'd they'd be willing to do that since they're they're putting some pretty powerful cards that could be unmorphed uh, in an unfair way. But yeah. This would play into that strategy if, if, if such a thing existed. Yeah, and, and like this card, so so I mean, there are a lot of really really big creatures in this set. I feel, but there's a lot of really clunky casting costs on all of them. Yep. Um, and this is what I'm thinking, like, and this is what I actually I'm remembering what I wanted to say from before. One of the things that I'm already realizing going into this exercise about making these deck lists is that I really just think mono green devotion is going to be the best deck. And the reason why is because, like, at one point in Standard, four of the five most played cards were Cursor of Crufix, Pelucranos, Sylvan Caryatid, and Elvish Mystic, right? Hmm. All four of those cards remain in Standard after rotation, right? True. Um, now, you know, one of the things that people tend to do when they first um, – when a new Standard environment like this comes around is they just go aggro. You know, it's like play the aggro deck because, you know, everyone else could be trying stuff. They're going to stumble and you're going to, to punish them. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem with that strategy uh, after rotation is that once uh, once these players sta stabilize, they're stabilizing into four fours and four fives and big, big things. 
So I feel like the real best strategy isn't to play an aggro deck. It's to play something that's going to go big, but is also going to be consistent. So I think that like playing a turn three Pelucranos is going to be the best thing you can do in standard because everyone else is going to be playing a turn three land that comes into play tapped. Yeah, I, I could see that definitely. And I'm, I was trying to come up with like aggro decks and I'm not really seeing the cards to support it yet other than mono black really mm -hmm. or maybe like a black red deck yeah but yeah that's interesting that's 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 kind of the just just looking at it right now and not just because i want mono green to be the best deck like i of course i want mono green to be the best deck you know um i played force of nature for like seven years so of course i want that to be the best deck but I think it's going to be because it's consistent and it goes as big as the other decks that are going to be slow. So they're going to take a while to get started. They're going to drop something big. The aggro decks are going to completely be stopped in their checks. I mean, a turn four siege rhino, like how is an aggro deck going to come back from that? I mean, that's just ridiculous. It's such a good card. Um, so I just feel like going even bigger than them is the way to do it. Um, but anyway, I'll get into that more in my article. But that's just something I've been thinking about a lot. And uh, it excites me because I want to play mono green. So, uh, so that's good. And I can't stand this. This set has me a little upset because I hate playing more than two colors. I barely <laughs> like playing more than one. So like seeing these these all these three color things, I'm like, I'm going to have to play three or more colors why i don't want to i don't want to do this like i really don't want to play three colors but we're gonna have to huh <laughs> probably oh, i'm, I'm fine I'm, I'm i'm the person that always tries to add an extra color just up the power level of the deck so <laughs> said the exact thing in my article my last article that i'm sure you didn't read <laughs> i was like it always seems like steven's decks have one too many colors in them and if he just cut a color for more good cards even if like then his decks would be better, but uh, that's probably true. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Uh, uh, Abzan Battle Priest uh, is one white and three colorless. It's a three two. It's uncommon. It's a human cleric. It has Outlast White. So Outlast says Outlast White means white tap. Put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature, Outlast only as a sorcery. Each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it has lifelink. As far as this, I mean, you know, we hadn't talked about Outlast yet, so that's why I read this particular card. Mm -hmm. um, meh. Meh. Yeah, I, I haven't seen an Outlast card I really like for Constructed at all. Each creature you control with a plus one, plus one. Huh. Well, you know, I mean, like, something... I don't know about the Outlast cards themselves, mm -hmm. but... Um, Abzan Ascendancy with the Outlast uh, creatures could be really good. Um, or with some of them, anyways. So, like, yeah. um, for instance, um, Abzan Ascendancy is white, black, green. Uh, it's an enchantment. It's rare. When Abzan Ascendancy enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Right? So it gives every creature you have out a plus one, plus one counter. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, put a one, one white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So it's, it's ghost. Well, so <laughs> I can't this, remember any line. This is actually like my least favorite of the ascendancies. So each, uh, clan or house or whatever you want to call it is getting, uh, an ascendancy, which is an enchantment for, uh, just the colors of that 
that you just cast it for the three colors of the clan. Yeah. And out of the ones spoiled so far, this is probably my least favorite. Well, well, here's what I'm saying about it. Like, here's why I'm mentioning it that makes it interesting. So, like, Anok Bondkin is a 2-1 for a white and one, right? Mm-hmm. It's a hound soldier. Oh, I love that. It's a hound? It's why is a, he walking on his hind legs? It's a hound soldier. Huh. I just noticed that. That's amazing. So it has Outlast 1 and a white. And then, you know, you put the you do the Outlast ability. Now, this card says each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it has first strike. So let's say you play a Soldier of the Pantheon, right? Okay. And then you play a turn two Anioc, uh, Anoch Bondkin, right? Mm-hmm. And then you play a turn three Abzan Ascendancy. You play that on turn three. That's a good swing, limited deck. You swing for six, and they have first strike. No, I'm saying, like, they get first strike even though you didn't activate it with Outlast. Mm-hmm. Like, using Outlast doesn't matter. Yeah. It says each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it has first strike. Completely independent of the Outlast ability. The Outlast ability is something that, like, if you don't have any instance to play, you can sink mana into. I'm not saying that it's good for Constructed. I'm just saying that it's important to note that the abilities on some of the Outlast creatures are completely independent uh, and non-reliant on you activating Outlast. If they get a plus one, plus one counter any other way, or if any other creature gets a plus one, plus one counter on it while this card's in play, they gain that ability. Yeah, I get it. That's that's, that's neat. That's a neat thing to think about, at least. Uh, I haven't seen any that I want to play, you yes. know, but it's just it's just something to keep in mind. Um, now, Hardened Scales is one you really like, so why don't you go ahead and read that? Yeah, so for all the hate I just gave on Outlast and all these stupid plus one, plus one counters and the Abzan Ascendancy, I actually like Hardened Scales. It's just a green for an enchantment, and if one or more plus one, plus one counters would be placed on a creature you control, that many plus one, plus one, plus one counters are placed on it instead. So this, yeah, this is obviously supposed to work with Outlast, so instead of just putting a plus one, plus one counter on, you get, you know, two. And so I was looking at, it just seems like a powerful effect that you could build around. Um, and so I was thinking about it with like a Johnny um, Mentor of Heroes. Uh, but that's kind of, now I'm trying to think about like the enablers plus the things that put plus one, plus one counters plus the creatures. And it's kind of hard to get a combo where you'd have a hand that had all three of these. But, you know, I was thinking of Magical Christmas Land where you, you know, turn one hardened scales, play a bunch of dudes. Uh, put down a Johnny, and then now you're plussing a Johnny to add six plus one plus one counters on all your guys. I think that's kind of cool, but it's got potential. I like it. So, fun game for any of our listeners who want to die while listening to this podcast. Take mm-hmm. a shot every time we say plus one. No. <laughs> so, let me just read this one time. If one or more plus one plus one counters will be placed on a creature you control, that many plus one plus one plus one counters are placed on it instead. <laughs> <laughs> this this next card isn't great but it's an interesting uh cycle uh watcher of the roost is uh two and a white it's a two one flyer for uh, and it's uncommon it's a bird soldier and it has morph reveal a white card in your hand so it's essentially a free morph Right. I mean, like that's essentially free. 
like if you top deck it with an empty hand, you're just going to hard cast it. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it's 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 got a, it's interesting to have this essentially free morph cost. Um, when Watcher of the Roost is turned face up, you gain two life. So you morph it, you flip it for free, you gain two life. So it's interesting. Um, Limited. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's one of those for each color. Yeah. Uh, with a with a reveal a uh, card that matches the color of the card morph cost um abzan guide we don't need to read nah aniac bondkin we already talked about uh dune blast so uh dune blast is uh four white black green it's a rare it's a sorcery choose up to one creature destroy the rest i i know they're trying to slow things down but this is really slow so i don't it, know it's really slow um but you know being able to wipe the board except for the card you plan on finishing the game with, that's not a bad idea. I mean, it seems interesting. It's okay. It's okay. I don't see it as... I don't really see it as more of than a one-of in any deck. Um, but, uh... Mm, could be could be good. Now, there are a lot of people who think Eldrazi are coming back. I don't know if you've yep. heard any of this. I've seen that, yeah. Well, because, you know, you've got Soren, you've got Sark, and You've got Ugin or whatever, and those are all um, players in this story of Zendikar. So, and and we have allied fetch lands instead of the enemy color fetch lands, which were in uh, Zendikar. So people think Eldrazi. I don't know. And people also see. think that the enemy fetch lands are going to come back too. You know, I've learned to. Um, I don't know. I almost trust some of these like rumblings now because like everyone was just acting and writing articles and just assuming, despite no public evidence that this would be a, a wedge themed set. And it is so, you know, I'll just yeah. trust whatever those are. <laughs> I guess if there's enough rumors, eventually one of them has got to be right. So <laughs> who knows? Right. So, uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to do just skyway, just skyway, just skyway or the highway. Ooh, this, this just sky, just sky. It's, uh, uh, blue, white, red. Blue, white, red. And uh, you want to read the first card here on the on the list? Sure. It's uh, Narset, comma, Enlightened Master, and it's three colorless and a blue, a red, and a white. It's a legendary creature, Human Monk. It's a 3-2 with first strike and hexproof. And whenever Narset attacks, you exile the top four cards of your library. And until the end of turn, you may cast non-creature cards exiled with Narset this turn without paying their mana costs. I I think it's pretty good. It seems like uh, something you could do in a control shell, maybe as like a finisher. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know. At first, I was like, I'll just jet. Oh, hexproof. Hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. So you can only cast the cards this turn, but you can cast them without paying their mana cost. That's four cards. That's pretty huge. Sweet. Yeah. If you have any pump spells, you can. Uh... She can get out of hand and probably end the game really quickly, but this seems like more of a commander card. I don't know. Yeah, probably. But I mean, first strike is definitely relevant. Uh, maybe not though, in a bunch of with a bunch of X fours running around. Yeah, X4s are greater. Um, Hexproof is is super relevant, and just being able to like attack and then like I don't know what kind of removal spells you'd have in this deck, but like. If you attack with it and you see a removal spell, you can just remove whatever blocker they might have. And I don't know. It seems like it might be harder to deal with, uh, you know, than we're thinking. But is it worth six mana? You know? 
I'm guessing no in standard, but yeah, if the format's slower, that I you know I I wouldn't be shocked if this somehow saw play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now but I would bet on it. Yeah, now speaking of things that I'm just can't I can't hardly wrap my head around this card at all. Pearl Lake Ancient. Pearl Lake Ancient is a it's five and two blue. It's a six seven. It's a mythic. It's a leviathan. It has flash. It can't be countered. It has prowess. So prowess is whenever you cast a non-creature spell, this creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn. And then return three lands you control to their owner's hand. Return Pearl Lake Ancient to its owner's hand. Now, what world are we going to live in where you can return three lands to your hand and still be able to cast this again the following turn? A uh, much slower format than even the one I'm envisioning. Much I'm, slower. I guess if you had some sort of whelming wave control deck, so you like you flash this in uh, in step, then up, you know, you untap your turn, you cast whelming wave. Oh my! It goodness. becomes a <laughs> it becomes a seven eight. Whelming There's wave. no other creatures on the board. And you just swing in. It's great. Whelming wave. <laughs> no. Get your whelming waves, people. Yo, MTG taps official stance. <laughs> yeah. No. Oswald agrees. The cat loves it. He loves it. He just thinks I'm talking to him the whole time I record. So he just yells the whole time. I don't know how many people hear that the whole time we record. Or they're listening to us. But uh, so. I don't know about this card. I mean, it seems like an obviously strong finisher for like an instant speed control deck, right? Like if you're just, you know, you know, draw, go counter stuff, drop your big creature and win, you know, this would be good, but I don't know. Just, I don't see it. (laughs) I don't seven man is a lot. Seven mana is a lot. So being able to three lands, it's just, uh, nope. Ugh. Nope. Ugh. It's bad. It's bad. I'm taking we, we, a stand. We, we've spent too long on this. I'm Probably. taking a stand. It's really bad. Just sky charm. Read it. All right. It's a, uh, it's a cycle of uh, all the, all the cons, all the different houses get their own charm. And this one's for just guy and it costs, Blue, red, white. It's an instant, and you get to choose one of the following three effects. Uh, you p- either put target creature on top of its owner's library. Uh, Jeskai Charm deals four damage to target opponent, or creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain lifelink until end of turn. So it's basically a Zorius Charm stapled to Boros Charm. Which is kind of lazy, isn't it? It, it see, yeah, that's why I think people this this seems like the worst charm so far, and people seem to be the most disappointed in this one. And I think that's probably just because it's so similar to charms that were that are currently in standard right now. So people are kind of just like, ah, this ain't new. Who cares? I think I'm just bummed that uh, my creatures are going to keep getting put on top of my library for the next year because I was really looking forward to Azorius charm rotating. Now. <laughs> See, the thing is, this doesn't have to... The creatures don't have to be attacking or blocking. So, yeah, it's even better. So if someone goes to crack their fetch land, you know, in response, you can put their creature on top, and then they, they get shuffled. Ooh, I like it. 
Yeah. Like that. That's the only cool thing about this. <laughs> um, oh, Shaheen. Shaheen was very sad when he saw this card. People were hoping this would be like kind of a control uh, charm, but no, there's no card drawing on here, so keep looking. True. <laughs> yeah, like, the, why isn't Brainstorm on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what people were saying. I heard that. Um, Mantis Rider. Mantis Rider is a 3-3 for blue, red, white. And it's a human monk, and it has flying, vigilance, and haste. And um, it's riding a freaking praying mantis. So that's something. Yeah, I like it. It's like uh, Lightning Angel, which is uh, everything's the same except it's a 3-4, and it costs one extra colorless mana. And that's actually starting to see modern play in some of the blue... Uh, the I guess Jeskai uh, Delver decks in modern. So I think this could obviously see, see play in uh, standard day and modern. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. So uh, you want to read Flying Crane Technique? It's <laughs> just a cool name. Um, so it's three colorless and then blue, red, white. It's an instant. Untap all creatures you control. They gain flying and double strike until end of turn. I need like some like Wu Tang Clan like Kung Fu movie sound effects right now. Yeah, that's what I was. I was hoping they'd put in like one Wu Tang joke somewhere. It's got yeah, we'll see. Somewhere. We'll see. Um, There's still time. Yeah, it's true. We haven't seen the full spoiler yet. Um, seems like a really good finisher. Um, but where are you going to play it? Like, and what? How good is it as a top deck if your board is empty? Oh, this is a limited card. I don't, I don't see a game seeing constructed play. Yeah, I can see that. I haven't thought about this set much in terms of limited at all, to be honest. Um, Dragon Style Twins. Now, this is a card I want to talk about. I just like the name. I just, I just like that it's uh, Double Dragon. Double Dragon! Yeah. <laughs> that's the only relevant part about it. It's It costs five mana for a 3-3. Three, three. Um, I just I don't see it at all. I, I can I can, I can kind of see it. Um. Because it because it can pump with non with non creature spells. So if you've got some burn, if you're playing like big red, right, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a very doable thing, um, especially with generator servant, um, ember swallower, especially I mean ember swallower in a in a format where you're, you know, where everyone's trying to fix their mana, like seems like it could be really good. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, play some sort of weird mono red devotion deck. Yeah, exactly. I've been thinking. I've been thinking mono like a mono red, big red mono red devotion um, kind of shell. Uh, but like this thing, like you know, you got some burn backup in there. You can pump it and swing for like eight or ten the next turn. You know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's good, but uh, the prowess could be relevant. You know, you, you know, double this up with uh, with Narset and a bunch of in instants. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 far fetched as hell. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this, this I guess, shard or wedge wants to play kind of like some of the, is it, or I guess it, before it was just guys, just blue, white, red, uh, blitz standard decks that saw some play because of Travis Wu uh, two seasons ago, maybe. Mm. Um, and they, they played Nivik Cyclops um, and just, you know, you play a bunch of instants and pump it up to some huge amount that make it unblockable and and swing in, but I, I haven't seen the enough cards to actually make that viable so far, but you know, still have some cards left to spoil. 
So uh, let's move on to the Soul, Soul Tie. Soul Tie Brood. Um, do you want to start with Sidisi? Yeah, there's a new card actually here. Okay, anyway. Uh, oh, there is a new card. Whoa, 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 whoa. I love that. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. It's cool. It's kind of cool. It's not kind of cool. It's a snake hydra. Anyway, sorry. Read this useless card, and we'll get into hooded hydra. All right, all right. right. <laughs> Brood Tyrant. It's the it's the uh, clan leader for the uh, the uh, it's one colorless, black, green, blue. It's a legendary creature, Naga Shaman. And it's a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, and whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, you put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard from your library and only your library, put a 2-2 two, two black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. So even if you mill three creatures, you only get... One zombie per activation of this ability. Still pretty good, though. Hmm. Um, if you're likely to hit with it, you know, you get five power, five toughness for four mana. That's not too bad. And then you get to swing and try to do the same thing again. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, it remains to be seen what, what remaining delve cards there are and uh, what you can do with this. But it seems re- it, I, I don't see a deck for it right now. It doesn't quite. It obviously doesn't exist because the cards aren't out. But um, it would take a new archetype for this to be uh to put this in right right and and it could exist i mean i mean it could go into some sort of black green uh self mill i mean obviously you know sure i think that black green blue self mill is going to be a real thing because black green self mill was almost a real thing in standard this past season you know i think it still is people are just being lazy and not playing it right well that's the thing is that like a lot of decks are invalidated by the consistency of the of the top decks in this particular standard so um but i I, you know so i think i think that that's a very real possibility uh but anyway moving on to hooded hydra yeah hydra's in the hood hooded hydra is a it's it's zero zero for two green and X. It's a creature snake hydra. It's a mythic rare. Um, hooded hydra enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. So two green and X. So you can make you got six mana. You can make it a four four, etc. 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 When hooded hydra dies, put a one one green snake creature token onto the battlefield for each plus one plus one counter on it. That is awesome. The only thing that those snakes are missing is Death Touch, but I'll, I'll let it slide. Um, and then it has Morph. So it's actually a Morph. On top of all of that, it's a Morph creature. So I could play it for three, Morph for two green and three. As, as Hooded Hydra is turned face up, Put five plus one plus one counters on it. So you can make it a five five. If you can successfully morph it, you can make it a five five for five. Or, you know, whereas if you just played it from your hand, it would be a three three for five. Um, this seems good. I think it's. Meh. If it were just, I can make this a five five, or I can make this as big as I have mana for. That would be like okay, whatever. It's not that great. It's Vastwood Hydra or whatever. But getting all the tokens afterwards, that seems really good. Yeah, you need a lot of mana for this. Yeah, but you're if you're playing Green Devotion, you have a lot of mana for this. 
Yeah, that's true. I don't, this, I don't know whether I like this or Genesis Hydra more. I think I like Genesis Hydra more, to be honest, but I do like this card. Um, yeah, because that's the thing is, it does not play nice with Genesis Hydra at all. No. That's the one thing I don't like about it. I think if I had to choose between Genesis Hydra or this, it would be Genesis Hydra, no question, because, you know, you get something free that can't be countered, basically, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a green Chasm Skulker. Yeah, essentially, right. Yeah, um, it's their obligatory Hydra. They yeah. have, have one every set, so. Yeah, I, I like I like the I like the extra ability. That's what I really like. The tokens is really what gives that does it for me. So, um, I don't know. I think it's really neat. Now, um, uh, empty the pits. This is another card that, like, at first when I looked at it, I kind of laughed it off. I was like, oh, whatever. This isn't that mm-hmm. good. But um, I don't know. The more I look at this, the more I think it could be potentially awesome so um empty the pits is four black and double x right (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's a mythic rare it's an instant so that is relevant it is an instant it has delve so delve is has returned um i think we only saw it in future site prior and maybe some of the um like commander sets i don't know if they ever did that in commander but um, delve each card you exile from your graveyard while casting this spell pays for one colorless. So you're, you're, you're on the books. You've got to pay four black, no matter what. Um, so you can delve two cards to make X equal one. Um, so it says put X two two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield tapped. Now, why would I like a card like this? Well, first of all, I like really bad cards, but, um, second of all, uh, we've already been discussing Necromancer stockpile <laughs> um, and and like filling the, the deck with zombies and going to town with that, right? So, you know, if you went with a dedicated zombie tribal deck that also went with this, I mean, this is maybe a one or two of, but like went with this and went with the stockpile and a bunch of zombies and then like say Obelisk of Erd or like the Hall of Triumph or something, um you could very easily fill your graveyard, make a bunch of zombie tokens, and then make a bunch more zombie tokens by exiling the things in your graveyard. Um, and, you know, I don't know. It, it, it could be interesting. I don't, I, do, do I think it's great? No, not really. But, um, you know, the delve ability makes it borderline playable. And the fact that it's instant speed. It's doing, they're, they're doing everything in their power to make this card remotely playable. Mm-hmm. You get me, but like it still might not be. But um, those things all factor in, coupled with the fact that Necromancer stockpile exists. Hmm. Um, you know, there there could be some shenanigans if uh, if they give us a, if they throw us a few more bones in terms well, of like zombies and stuff. Allegedly, this is supposed to be a finisher in like a blue black control deck. Oh, really? So, yeah, you play a bunch of uh, instants and sorceries, and that's just how you naturally get them into the graveyard, and then. In turn, you just make you, you go for it, and you make a bunch of zombies. So, um, allegedly, there's someone on Reddit that just goldfished with a blue-black control deck, uh, 20 games, and then just saw how many he was able to make on turn five each time. Mm-hmm. And so he made a little graph, and uh, I'll run through it really quick. So, uh, 10% of the games he made two zombies, which is pretty awful. Uh, 5% he made three zombies. 25% of the time he made four zombies. Uh, 15% of the time for five, 20% of the time for six, 5% of the time for seven, and actually 10% of the time he made eight zombies, and 10% of the time he made nine zombies. On so, turn five. Turn five. 
<laughs> I, I don't know. You start like, because I mean, you know, you cast like a divination. Uh, if you have like divination, bile blight, thought seized, um, you can start, you can cast like multiple uh, spells a turn by turn four. X, so. X is two. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, X is X, X there's double X. Mm hmm. How on earth does that ever happen? How does that ever happen? That is not. Uh, you know, you could have like two or three fetch lands. So that's three things in your graveyard. You could have a Thoughtseize turn one. Now we got four. Okay. You Bile Blight something on turn uh, two. So now you have five things in your graveyard. Uh-huh. Uh, turn three, you play something we haven't talked about yet, but the Sultai Charm. Uh-huh. So that puts a charm in your graveyard. You're at six. You draw two cards and discard one. Now you're at seven. Uh, turn four, you play a Jace. You plus them. You put something in the graveyard. Now you're at eight. And then turn five, you've got uh, five mana plus eight to nine cards in your graveyard. So that's uh, 14. It's about seven zombies right there. Wait, how? Wait, wait, what? Yeah, you're good. You, you have. Four? Oh, wait, no, that's still, it's still, yeah, it's still only four. Yeah, that's still only four. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm know. saying. That does, that does not make any sense. That doesn't seem right. Well, if you have mill spells, I guess. You'd I... have to have, like, sell, you'd have to do, like, commune with the gods or something, or, yeah, you'd have to be, like, just looting that's or green. something like that. Yeah. You said blue-black. Well, I guess you have to add green. I don't know. I don't believe that's, him. That's why I'm dubious, because there's not a list. Random Reddit user says... Therefore, is gospel. It has no 162 upvotes. It must be true. I don't care. My cat doesn't even like it. My cat's so mad about this. What do you think about that? Yeah, he thinks it's garbage. So, uh, uh, why don't you read Murderous Cut? Because this is a Delve card I really think is going to see a ton of play. Yeah, so it's four colorless, one black for an instant. It has Delve. So, if you were to somehow exile four cards from your graveyard, it only costs black. And it's an instant and destroy target creature, period. Straight up. Yeah. It's pretty instant good. speed, no requirements on color or non-artifact or whatever. Just destroy target creature. That is solid. Now, another card I absolutely love, and I loved my friend's comment on Facebook. My friend wrote on Facebook, sorry, putrid leech. <laughs> um, Rakshasa Death Dealer. Rakshasa Death Dealer is a 2-2 for a black and green. It's a rare. It's a creature cat demon already on board. A black and green Rakshasa Death Dealer gets plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. No like like maximum number of times you can do that. Just as many times as you have mana, it gets pumped. And then a black and green regenerate Rakshasa Death Dealer. That is aggressive. It's got the the pump ability is 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 ridiculous. Um, it has regeneration. This is just this is just value town right here. This card is awesome. Yeah, I, it took me like three times to realize, like reading it to realize that you could just pump it as many times as you have the mana available for. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it just reminds me of like it like fleece main line basically. Yeah, I just want to put this and fleece main line in the deck together. Sure. Have fun with it. Moving on, we've got Soul Tie Ascendancy. Why don't you read this one? Because you like this. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a uh, black, green, blue. It's an enchantment. 
And at the beginning of your upkeep, you look at the top two cards of your library, and you may put any amount of them into your graveyard and the rest on top of your library in any order. So it's basically like a Thassa for the rest of us, since uh, Thassa Scry is like one a turn, but this, you get to, it's actually better than Scry 2, because I would imagine in a Soul Tide colored deck, you're going to have some sort of dredge, or not dredge, uh, delve mechanics. So being able to like, look at the top two and either put them in the graveyard, which is better than scrying or, you know, just reorder them however you want. Um, I mean, that's better than scry too. So that's like that value alone's almost approaching the value you get from drawing a card. And then the fact that they go to the graveyard, if you get rid of them, uh, almost gets it there. So yeah, I, I like it. I yeah. think it's almost effectively draw an extra card a turn for yourself. And usually that costs a lot more than three mana. Yeah. Because you get the selection you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Karu Spell Snatcher's neat. Um, it's a 3-3 Naga Wizard for a blue and three. It's a rare. It has morph two blue and four. Um, when Karu Spell Snatcher's turn face up, counter target spell. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost for as long as it remains exiled. So it's essentially Spelljack on a morph creature. So, and, and Spelljack was a little harder to cast. It was like three blue and three. Probably not standard playable. Probably going to be amazingly fun in Commander, if that's your thing. I think you can play maybe one of them in a standard deck. If you had a bunch of other uh, morph cards in your deck as well. And so yeah. maybe there's a chance you get them with it. I don't, I, I, I it, yeah, at best it's a, it's a one of in standard. Sure. Cool, though. Rakshasa Vizier. It's uh, two black, green, blue. It's a 4-4 four, four cat demon. It's a rare. Whenever one or more cards are put into exile from your graveyard, put that many plus one, plus one counters on Rakshasa Vizier. That seems like it could be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Delve, you're... Delve, and it just plays right into Delve. I mean, but, you know, without Delve, it's not a good card. True. And Unless you're, you know, even if you're not exiling, you know, if you've got a deck that wants... I don't know. It seems like maybe like a <laughs> next level sideboard card against yeah. graveyard hate. You know what I mean? Like they like they're like I'm gonna take out your graveyard with my Tormod's crypt. It's like well I'm gonna play this Rakshasa Vizier and they're gonna go. Well now I don't know what to do. Okay uh, now I'll kill your Rakshasa and then I'll take your graveyard away. Not that great. No. Soul Tie Charm. Uh, you want to read that one? Yeah sure. It's uh like the rest of the charms. It's uh black green blue. It's an instant, and you get to choose one of the following three effects. You either get to destroy a target monocolored creature, you get to destroy a target artifact or enchantment, or you get to draw two cards and then discard a card. So this is this is the control charm. Yeah. Just because you get to draw cards and blow stuff up. I mean, it seems to me like this... I mean, because I think everyone really thought that, like, uh, Jeskai was going to be more of the control char uh, wedge. Yeah. Really doesn't seem that way. It really seems like, uh, uh, well, not even so much Teamer, but it seems like this one might be the control shard, if nothing else. Oh, this one, definitely. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's interesting because I don't think, I don't think everyone thought that, even though this was the control deck in, um, in the Pro Tour, you know? The yeah, it was black... bug control, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's that's solid. I mean, that might be something to consider in terms of like if you're looking to pick up cards, you know, maybe looking to that deck as a basis would be a good place to start. Well, I'm, it just looks like post rotation, the two color pair that's going to be more controlling is blue black rather than the blue white we're used to. 
So mm-hmm. people are just used to like blue white X control and standard. So they just assume that the blue white X shard would be the control one, but that's just not the case here. Right. Right. Uh, I like Necropolis Fiend. Um, Necropolis Fiend is a four five for two black and seven. I love it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a it's a rare. It's a demon. It has delve and it has flying. So I mean, this is essentially um, what the heck's the card uh, from uh, from Future Sight? Tombstalker. Yeah, man. This I mean, this is essentially Tombstalker. It's more expensive and has one less power, but. It also has an ability. Exactly. It has it has some some upside here. So X and tap. Exile X cards from your graveyard. Target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. Um, how many cards you're going to have left in your graveyard after you've already delved for up to seven is up is is hard to say. But uh, the potential to have that ability, especially if you're just going to continue filling your graveyard the next couple turns, um, seems solid. I mean, a four five for two basically is always good but um yeah I, I like it a lot i think it's really cool so we're moving on to the mardu horde marmaduke it's horde black white red look at that big dog word uh yeah so the the con leader is uh it this is the first i think one of the first cards spoiled the, yeah the first spoil i think uh, it's called zergo helm smasher and it costs two colorless red white black it's a legendary creature orc warrior seven two he's got haste and he attacks each combat if able and he's indestructible as long as it's your turn and whenever a creature dealt damage by zergo this turn dies you put a plus one plus one counter on him i like haste. it haste is solid seven damage haste I think it's a great follow-up if if there are still control players left post-rotation. They, they they spend their five mana to wrath you, and then you just drop this and hit them for seven. It's sad times. Against decks running Magma Jet? Not so fun. No. Although... Uh, well, it's if, indestructible if it's your turn. Yeah, that's yeah. actually true. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so you get, you get in the seven. I think he's good. Hmm. Okay, now, 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 now that I'm, like, looking at that ability correctly... Hmm, that's pretty good. Whenever a creature dies, so wow. So if they block, mm-hmm. if they just block it just to block it, it becomes an 8-3, and then it's out of Magma Jet range. Hmm, this thing could get out of hand really quick. Yep. I like it a lot more than I than I did when I first saw it. Hey, I, I think it's good. Yeah, I mean, especially now, because like when we first saw this card, the first thing I thought was, man, that's too expensive. Like, that was the first thing I was like, nobody's going to be able to cast that. Look at the mana cost. This is too expensive. But, like, considering that everything is too expensive, <laughs> you know? Yeah. This gets a lot better when you when you get, when you back up and you get to see a little more of the set. So, um, my opinion softened on it. I think it's pretty good. Wingmate Rock. Here's one that is up for debate. Uh, three, four flying for two white and three. It's a mythic rare. It has raid. So this is the, uh, Mardu, uh, activated ability. So, or ability, whatever. So when wingmate rock enters the battlefield, if you attacked with a creature this turn, put a three, four white bird creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So this potentially, if you've attacked with a creature and then you play this, you get, two three four flyers for five now you know broodmate dragon cost six it gave you two four fours there was no conditions 
to the four four. You just got it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then it also has whenever Wingmate Rock attacks, you gain one life for each attacking creature. So unfortunately, it's not a copy of Wingmate Rock. So you no. only get to do that once. That would be really. That's probably how they originally templated it, and they were like, oh. Oh no, we can't do that. That's bad. So, um, so that's pretty cool. Um, this really, this set makes me wish Museum Mortars was still going to be in standard. Yeah. Oh man. But this, I don't know. I think this seems really good. I don't like it. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it all just depends. I mean, I, I guess we actually won't know if this will be a good card until we actually have a new standard because. It all depends on what are the what's the percentage that you actually get the raid trigger. Because if it's zero percent, it's obviously unplayable. If it's a hundred percent, it's obviously playable. Although I'm not really too sure because even like the the gain of life part of it, I mean, if you just have the two wingmate rocks or the two birds, it's worse than just one of them having lifelink. So that doesn't seem amazing unless we have some sort of tokens deck i guess but there's a lot of token stuff you know what i mean like there's a lot of stuff that could make tokens um and good good cards too and tokens would be able to trigger raid a lot more easily but i because so i mean your percentage is going to be it's obviously not going to be 100 percent. so even if it's 50 percent, i wouldn't want to play this card so it's got to be pretty high and i'm just not confident that you're going to get there Mm -hmm. Mm. I i think it's a little more playable than you do but uh, again, you're right. It remains to be seen. I think that I think that tokens is going to be a pretty viable strategy, you know, especially with Perforos um, existing, and you know, you've got. I mean, you've got. I mean, like, think about the curve you've got, man. I mean, like, you've got raise the alarm. You've got um, the cat. Why can't I think? Brimaz, King of Arescos. You know, mm-hmm. um, you got a Johnny, uh, Johnny Steadfast to pump those dudes. Um, you got this thing at five. I mean, like, I don't know. I think that there's like a deck. I mean, you got Elspeth at six. I mean, so that's so that's the absolute nut draw, and that doesn't sound that impressive. Well, I'm just saying, like in general, there are a lot of things that either make tokens or enable a token deck to be viable. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you're going to get those things in that order. I'm just saying, like on on curve, you have these cards. Yeah, and but... and. Wingmate Rock seems like it could fit into that just just fine, and if not, it could fit into there great. Sure, yeah, it fits into it, but then if my best-case scenario is unimpressive, then why am I doing it? <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> um, so, uh, Mardu Charm, uh, you want to read this? Yeah, sure. It's uh, red, white, black for an instant, and you choose one. Either Mardu Charm deals four damage to target creature... You put two, or you put two one one white warrior creature tokens onto the battlefield, and they gain first strike until end of turn. So you can like, uh, if someone's attacking with a, something with two toughness, you can ambush them, and and get them that way. Uh, or target opponent reveals his or her hand, and you choose a non creature non land card from it, and that player discards that card. So you get this is, I don't think something we've seen in a very long time. It's an instant speed discard spell. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. So, like, you can hit a control player on their draw step turn five, and they just weep. Um, seems really good. That's I like this crazy. A lot. That's yeah. really crazy. The weirdest thing about this to me is that it ha- – well, first of all, the four damage to target creature is probably the most relevant ability. 
because everything is four in this. Yeah. Like everything is four. four. Like that is like four is the magic number. I feel um, with this standard, like you want to have four, you want to deal four damage to stuff a lot. Um, the craziest thing on this is to put two one one white warrior creature tokens onto the battlefield, so you get two one one white warrior tokens mm-hmm. without first strike, and then yeah. they gain first strike until end of turn. Yeah, it's, it's just a, so weird. It's not it they're is. not they're not one one warriors with first strike. They're one one warrior tokens that gain first strike until end of turn. It's just really strange templating. It just seems really strange. Well, that that. Um... That that Outlast guy makes 1-1 one, one Warriors. Maybe they just didn't want to print two tokens. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is. Like, we don't want to make any more tokens. Just make them lose the first strike. Who cares? Yeah. That's really silly. Maybe a little lazy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I like this. This is one of the more powerful. I, so far, it just seems like the Just Guy charms the odd man out so far. Because uh, mm-hmm. this one seems really good. And we haven't seen the Absan yet, so. Nope. So, um, do you like Horde Ambusher? Uh, No. It seems okay. I, I don't, I'm not really sure. I think I think that you would rather have like arena athlete if you wanted a creature can't block this turn after rotation. Yeah. So I, I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll skip it. Mardu Ascendancy. This one seems really good. Red, white, black enchantment. Whenever a non-creature token you control attacks. Whenever a non-creature, non-token creature you control attacks. No matter how many there are. Right. Is that is that true? So every time, so so let's say you had three non-creature tokens. Yeah. Or non. <laughs> so let's say you had three non-token creatures. Mm-hmm. You would get three one-one red goblin creatures tapped. God, in I hope so. <laughs> I think so, and I hope so. That's amazing. That's really good. Yeah. Poor control players. Oh, that's really good. And then sacrifice it. Creatures you control get plus zero, plus three until end of turn. This is what this says. Sacrifice Mardu Ascendancy. Creatures you control get out of anger of the gods' rage. Target opponent makes a sad face. Or in modern, this is I think this is the coolest thing. This is a sequence that uh, Paulo Vito mm-hmm. uh, tweeted about. So you could go turn one, Birds of Paradise. Uh-huh. Turn two, Door in the Siege Tower. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now you got like basically a five-five and a one-one. Then turn three, you drop this, the Mardu Ascendancy. You swing with your bird and your Doran. You get two one-one goblins, and then you sack it, and they all get plus zero plus three. But because of Doran's um, ability, where creatures deal damage equal to their toughness, you're now swinging for twenty on turn three. <laughs> I just thought it was really cool. Uh, that was the coolest thing about this that I've seen so far. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I really hope that doesn't ever become a thing. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, you're talking four colors on turn on turn three. Uh-huh. It That's could happen, it. though. Yeah. We have all the fetch lands. All the fetch lands in modern. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Um, ankle Shanker. Uh, Ryan is obsessed with the name alone. I think the name makes him think this card is better than it is. So this is a 2-2 haste for two red, white, black. Um, Let's just go back, and Zergo Helm Smasher is a 7-2 haste Mm -hmm. for two red, white, and black. Okay? 
So compare those just on that simple thing alone. Whenever Ankle Shanker attacks, creatures you control gain first strike and death touch until end of turn. I don't think are... this, I don't actually think this card's good. I I don't either, especially because of how much it costs. I mean, that's obviously a powerful ability, and in limited, it'll just if there's a board stall, there will not be a board stall after you swing with this guy. Right. Uh, but that's that's the extent of it. Yeah, it's and it's too it's too expensive for what it does. It doesn't pump anything. It's only a two two. It's not even a a three. Th- At first, I thought it was a three three, and I thought it was better. But uh, when I saw it was a 2-2, I'm like, this is really isn't that good. And that's a shame. I want it to be good, but I don't think it is. Uh, Jeering Instigator, it's a 2-1 for a 2. Goblin Rogue, it's rare. Morph for 3. When it's turned face up, if it's your turn, gain control of another target. Oh, creature. man. I didn't see that part. Yeah, if it's your turn, gain mm. control of another target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature, gains haste until end of turn. Maybe. I can maybe see this in a red. Like, if there, if there is a mono-red aggro deck, you might play a couple of these guys. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a 2-1 for 2, worst case. And that's, yeah. not, that's not bad at all. Um, <laughs> what? Howl of the Horde. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Howl of the Horde. It's 2 and a red for a sorcery. And when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. And this has raid if you attack the creature this turn. When you cast your next instant or, sports, yeah, instant or sorcery spell, you may copy it an additional time. So you basically get to triple it if you attack with a creature this turn. So I was just looking at, you know, if you have this plus, like, Dictate of the Twin Gods, then you can, if, if you somehow also trigger Raid, now you've got nine, I mean, that's just a million damage. That's a lot of damage. With a Lightning Strike. Or you could just Howl of the Horde into Howl of the Horde, and then... Uh, that's 18 damage with a lightning strike. <laughs> um, you know, so there's some things you could do here. Maybe. <laughs> I think it's good. Um, yeah, it's, it's a ma- it's a matter of what card are you are you hitting with this? Oh, I, I don't I don't foresee this seeing any kind of play unless there's some unless they like just introduce a whole bunch of broken storm cards that are yet to be spoiled. But I don't see it happening. No. No. It's it's fork. I mean, they they have these. They print them. They don't get played. That's true. That's unfortunate. I wish it would get played. It seems really cool. Crackling Doom. Crackling Doom is good. Yeah. Uh, it's a red, a white, and black. It's an instant. It's a rare. Crackling Doom deals two damage to each opponent. Each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures he or she controls. So... Two damage to opponents and to an opponent, and they sacrifice a creature. That seems good. I mean, and the fact that like you get to like almost select it. You get to yeah. Like, you get they you make them sacrifice the most threatening creature they own, which is really cool. That is really cool because like you know playing against you know you play a you play a what's the card? I can't think of any card names tonight. The the one is devour flesh. Yeah, you play devour flesh against green devotion. They go whatever you know, like they're like oh, it's so Elf what? down, yeah, yeah, you know. But like this goes, you have to sacrifice your twelve twelve Genesis Hydra, and then you go, oh, and you sacrifice it because nothing you can do about that. Nope. Um, so that's pretty neat. Um, Mardu Heart Piercer. If it cost three, it would be really good, but it costs four, so I don't yeah. think it's that great. It's yeah. a shame because it would be cool if it did cost three. It's, uh, I will read it, though. It's 2-3 uh, Human Archer. It has Raid. 
Suman Archer. Wow, that's interesting. When Mardu Heartpiercer enters the battlefield, if you attack with a creature, two damage star creature player. So, I mean, I think the Mardu Skull Hunters, if, if there's one of these that are going to be constructed playable, that might be one. But yeah. even then, that's not that great. I don't like the fact that it enters the battlefield tapped. I don't know yeah. why, but mm, I don't know. It's not that great. Nope. Not great. So, um, Teamer. Teamer Frontier. Do you want to start? Okay, yeah, yeah. So Teamer is uh, Rug, but it's now Teamer. It's uh, green, blue, red, and the first card is one of the cards that everyone's uh, losing their minds over. Um, It's uh, Savage Knuckleblade. It's a creature. It's an ogre, uh, also a warrior. It's a 4-4, so 4-4 for three mana. And it has a whole bunch of abilities for two. A lot of abilities. Yeah, for two and a green. Uh, It gets plus two, plus two until end of turn, and you can only activate this once a turn. Uh, For two and a blue, you can return it to your hand. And for red, it gets haste until end of turn. Uh, So that's awesome. So this is a a 4-4 haste for uh, green, blue, double red. Mm -hmm. Because I can't imagine playing this for less than four. Yeah, I mean, it seems, I don't know. It's just unambiguously good. It's not too... It's uninteresting because there's just no way to disagree with the fact that it's a really good card. It is. It's really good. A 4 4 for 3 is always going to be good. A million other abilities. Um, yeah, being able to protect it. Uh, if, you know, it, it's basically going to spend a turn unprotected, but it's like Aetherling. You know yeah. what I mean? Once you untap with it, they're never going to destroy it again. You know? Yeah, and you get to trigger um, because their keyword ability is, uh, for Teamer is Savage. Or is it savage? No. What is it? Ferocious. Ferocious. Yeah. So yes, uh, on top it, of everything else, it yeah because ferocious. yeah. So ferocious is triggered if you control a creature with four greater, or if like a creature with four greater enters the battlefield or whatever. So you can like any kind of uh, triggers on enter the battlefield with four power greater, you can just repeatedly do it with this guy. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome. Teamer charm. Uh, it's a green, a blue, and a red. It's an instant. Uh, choose one. Target creature you control gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. That creature fights target creature you don't control. Now, that's important. Say don't control. That's what they should have done with Satessan Tactics. But fortunately for me, they did not. Hmm. Um, counter target spell unless it's controller pays three. Sounds familiar. Ridiculous. Cre- creatures with power three or less can't block this turn. So, wow. it's a really good one. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, yeah, it's got the mana leak. Um, you know, it's got the fight ability. And it's got the uh, base essentially make a lot of your creatures unblockable. Well, like in this in mini this, falter, yeah, mini maybe, mini maybe. That's the problem though with all these three drops because it's like, oh well, if I'm playing rug, I want to make a deck with savage knuckleblade and also teamer charm and also teamer ascendancy. And it's like, well, and also maybe a courser of crew fix. And it's just <laughs> gotta start making cuts. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like, what do you think gets cut? Uh, it depends. Depends on the build. I don't know. Maybe maybe Corsair, but that seems kind of crazy. Yeah, because I mean, I'm looking at all three of these cards, and they all play nice together. Yep. You know? Um, let's just go to the Ascendancy real quick. Teamer Ascendancy, since we're talking about it. Yeah. It's a green, a blue, and a red. It's an enchantment. Creatures you control have haste, and whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. Hey. <laughs> Savage guy. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> and then he already. Then you don't even need to cast him for four. He's got haste, mm-hmm. which uh, which is crazy. Yeah, and when you're done, you can uh, return him to your hand, recast him. He's got haste. Draw a card and just swing in. It's great. 
That's pretty nuts. I don't even know what I think of that. I don't think I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much like like those cards combined is why that and Rattleclaw Mystic, uh, which we'll talk about in just a sec, are pretty much the reasons that I think Rug Monsters is like the consensus best deck post-rotation right now so far. But, I mean, still need to see where the rest of the spoilers come in. So Sure, sure. Um, now, uh, Adamant Negation. This is an awesome card too. It's a one blue, and then if you if you cast the ascendancy the next turn, you will have the mana up when you cast your savage blade, or your whatever blade blade thing. You have the mana up for this. Uh, it's a blue instant, one blue counter target creatures non counter target non creature spell unless its controller pays one. Ferocious. If you control a creature with power four or greater, counter that spell instead. So massive, crazy, really good. Um, maybe much more situational than people are currently assuming. I think it'll see some side card play, side board play. It's a mana tithe at at best. A mana tithe is is just fine, and like you know, especially when the the wrath costs five or more. Yeah, they're pretty much going to be tapping out to wrath. Um. And especially if you've got four fours on the board, they're going to be pretty desperate to tap out to Wrath. Being able to just have the luxury of having mana up for this uh, seems kind of awesome. Yeah, I agree. It's good. See the Unwritten's going to see play. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that because I'm going to I'm going to see that it sees play. Because huh. Put it in a deck. So that's what I'm saying. It's going to see play because I'm going to play it. It's uh, two green and four. It's a mythic. It's a sorcery, unfortunately. But I guess we can't always get everything we want in life reveal the top eight cards of your library you may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield put the rest into your graveyard ferocious if you control a creature with power four or greater you may put two creature cards onto the battlefield instead of one uh, you know maybe as a one of or two of in like in yeah. mono green but i think it's totally got to go in mono green devotion right you're gonna have a creature with four or more power Ah, uh, maybe. I mean, if there were like, okay, so if Eldrazi's come back, then this card's playable. Um, and it does put the rest of the cards into the graveyard, so if you're doing something broken that way, that's interesting. But the thing is, this costs six, so you could just run something really big that costs six instead and then just cast it and don't even Hydra about... Broodmaster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you could just like, whatever whatever costs six you can put that in your deck and then instead of drawing this you'll draw the thing you actually want instead of the thing you want cheating to play because what are you getting a discount on when you're already spending six um yeah there's some like some like eight or nine drop in your deck already i mean there aren't any even legal cards that like cost nine maybe uh i can't even think of any right now yeah not 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 after not that we've seen after rotation anyways yeah so if this is a plant for eldrazi's to come then sure but until then, just play something that's really good that costs six yeah. mana. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, God, if it's... It looks cool, though. <laughs> I want to play it just because it, it looks like it's fun to cast. It's more fun to cast this than the thing that's actually good that you're cheating into play. <laughs> True. Exactly. That's why, the, that's why it's a trap. It, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a <laughs> trap, man. See, traps are coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is, this is definitely this is much more like summoning trap than people want to let on. Crater's claws is is I weird. Think it's, sweet. it's weird. 
So it's a red and X. It's a rare. It's a sorcery. Uh, it deals X damage to target creature or player. Now it has ferocious. It deals X plus two damage to that creature or player instead if you control a creature with power four or greater. Okay, it's actually not as weird as I thought it was. What I actually thought that ferocious ability said was Crater's Claws deals X plus two damage to that creature instead. So it didn't get the bonus if you hit a player with it, is what I thought it said at first. Hmm. So, okay, okay, this is actually good. Okay, this is this is just fine. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought it didn't bonus on a player, and I was like, what the... F- that doesn't even make any sense. I almost swore. Um, the Rattleclaw Mystic is insane. There's so much you can do with this card. It's just completely insane. Yep, that's why uh, everyone and their mom is building a Rug Monsters deck. And they're putting four of these guys in there. I'm shocked to see this card at five bucks on Star City right now. Like, why? Because this should be like a $10 card. No. No? No. It's a buy a box promo. Is it? Yeah. And um, so was um, so was Karyatid, and Karyatids are like sold out at like ten bucks right now. Really? Let me see. Oh wow! Yeah. Jeez. I mean, the problem is that like Karyatid's better than this card. You think so? Yeah. I mean, that the hexproof is uh, is is pretty relevant. Um, but Hex, just, hexproof, better blocker. Um, but see, with this, you get that one explosive turn, and I think that's what I really like about it. Sure. Like, because it's just like generator uh, servant to me. I really like generator servant, where like you know you get that you get that explosive turn, where you get that like turn three storm breath dragon, or no, I think it's I think it's I think it's fine, and and especially it's a reasonable morph card to play. If you want to sneak in some of those trickier morph cards into your deck, then you know you can game someone. I don't know. Right. So we made it through the the clans. There really aren't a lot. Like a lot of the stuff on the colors is just repeated stuff. Yeah. So um, end hostilities is the uh, is the the board wipe that we are getting in standard, and it costs five. Love it. Two white and three. I don't love it so much. The reason why is because it says destroy all creatures and all permanents attached to creatures. Sure. So, so we've got all these uh, bestow creatures, and you know, I was looking forward to getting being able to actually play them now that planar cleansings were rotating out. And this goes, yeah, yeah, you can't. Nah. So you know, so it's really still not the best like i don't know i really want boon Seder to be good <laughs> oh i'm i'm sorry i'm saying i love this because uh yeah suck on it control players that's what no, you get they're, they're gonna this is, this is your this is your sweeper <laughs> but yeah but but it's gonna still work it's just gonna work a turn later uh yeah that's true there isn't like there has if there is an aggro deck then there's just no way that and, and the problem is that there's just so many tools to get around this. So, like, you know, when we're looking at the Mardu cards, if you have Mardu Ascendancy out, you know, that doesn't get swept up by this. And then, so they cast this, and then you, you play your Zergo Helm Smasher, you swing for seven, and you get a little 1-1 Goblin. So now you, you hit them for eight, and you get to, like, you try swing again and get another. I mean, it's just, there's 
I don't know. The the control decks that we will have will look completely different than the ones we have today. Mm-hmm. No, of course, of course, we, of course they will. I don't, don't think they'll be white based. Yeah, that's that's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the Karanos is going to be um, a big part of it. Um, and, I mean, Karanos has jumped in price, too. Where's Karanos at? Karanos is up to 18 bucks. Oh, man. I feel so bad. I trade with Ryan. <laughs> yeah, Karanos is up to 18. Foil, I've got a, foil, what? I've got a foil one. 60 bucks. Oh. Pretty solid. Clever Impersonator, there's a lot of people flipping out about this card. Yeah, I mean, it's great for um, Cube and Commander. I don't see it getting played in Standard, really. No? Nah, it costs four and doesn't do anything on Empty Battlefield. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the ability to to copy anything is cool. Uh, it's non-land. Yeah, non-land. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, the ability to, like, you know, your opponent's got a Planeswalker. Now you have a Planeswalker, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like... Sure, but that's the best. The, so the best case scenario is they've got awesome stuff, and now you're spending four mana to get one thing that's about as good as their best thing, which is fine. But that doesn't strike me as particularly appealing. Yeah, I don't it, know. Yeah, most of the time you're going to get a creature, and we've had clone before <laughs> it doesn't get played. Bitter revelation, maybe. Well, we got it. We got to talk about. We got to talk about Sarkin. Mm-hmm. And we got to talk about the Ashcloud Phoenix. Um, so, uh, why don't you read the Sarkin? Uh, so, okay. Sarkin, the dragon speaker, it's three red, red. He starts with uh four loyalty. It's a planeswalker Sarkin, uh, plus one until end of turn. Sarkin, the dragon speaker becomes a legendary four, four red dragon creature with flying indestructible and in haste. And then minus three, uh, he deals four damage to target creature. And minus six, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your draw step, draw two additional cards. And at the beginning of your end step, discard your hand. So you love this, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. The one interesting thing about this is that it's worse than a lot of other Planeswalkers in terms of, like, do you get the ability or not? What do you mean? Like, so when you have, like, a a Jace, like the, the, you know, the current played jace mm-hmm. and you drop it on the battlefield and you minus to it and then somebody hits it with like a hero's downfall you still get that ability right yeah that's true so like with this you drop this you plus one and then they uh downfall it you don't get a creature like it seems like that four four thing seems so solid in terms of like man i get this creature it's like never gonna die you know, but the reality is that ability goes on the stack, and then you can respond to it by destroying the planeswalker uh, before it becomes a creature, and it never becomes a creature. So I'm mean, that's not me saying that I think this card is bad. I think this card's awesome, but it's just one of those things that I think people need to remember. Oh sure, I mean you know, same thing happens to a uh, stormbreath dragon though. What do you mean? Dies to removal. It doesn't die to Devouring Light in this stuff. Yeah, but this doesn't die to, you know, whatever, any creature kill spell other than True. ones that target Planeswalkers. This, Ash Cloud Phoenix. This is an Ash think? Cloud Phoenix. I wish it had haste. It essentially has haste if you morph it, but man, the morph is really expensive. 
Um, Ash Cloud Phoenix is a 4-1 for 4. 2 red and 2. It's flying. It's a phoenix. It's a mythic rare. When it dies, return it to the battlefield face down. Uh, more for 2 red and 4. When it's turned face up, it deals 2 damage to each player. So, mm, I wish it had haste. I, I think it's going to get about as much play as... Flame Wreath Phoenix, which everyone just assumed is going to, or whenever it was spoiled, people were like, well, sure, it won't get played now because we have Chandra's Phoenix, but then once that rotates, no, we're not going to. I think it still that. could. I think that could still play get played. Fire Wreath Phoenix isn't that bad. I, I don't think it's nearly good enough. I think it's better than Ash Cloud Phoenix. Uh, I think they're about the same. I don't know. 4-1 is, is fragile, and no haste is bad. True. I don't like uh trail of mystery ha yeah i mean it, if if there's a standard morph deck then this and maybe some other card yet to be spoiled would, would be the reason it's cool yeah whenever face down creature enters the battlefield under your control you may search your library for a basic land card reveal it and put it into your hand and then shuffle your library and whenever a permanent you control is turned face up if it's a creature it gets plus two plus two until end of turn and the enchantment costs one in a green, so pretty efficiently cost costed. So, you know, it comes right before you start casting your morph cards and maybe. I mean I'll 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 go all in if I if I first pick it in a draft, if I open it up. <laughs> yeah, for real. It sounds to me like we're gonna get uh more uh non creature morph cards. Yeah, that is true. They like they had to make a uh what what other ones so, were so there? There's that so land. Cavern. So yeah, cavern. I that's right. I think that's the only one. Ghost Fire Blade. People are kind of nuts about this card. Yeah. It's a one. It's one mana. It's an equipment. It's a rare. Equipped creature gets plus two plus two. Equip three. Ghost Fire Blade. Equipped ability costs two less to activate if it targets a colorless creature. Nope. No. No. People are like, I guess like for morph cards, but. Well, well, people are talking about this going into, like, modern affinity. Yeah, and they're wrong. Why? I don't know what you cut for this. Like, what is this, like, doing that you couldn't do previously? Like, you're not winning with affinity because instead of swinging with, like, an 0-2, now you have, like, a a 2-4. Um, you're, you're, sw- you're, you're winning because you either have some massive amount of synergy or you're doing an arc-bound Ravager turn mm-hmm. or... Skull Clamp, or... Not Skull Clamp. Uh, I wish, God. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that, that's really busted. Um, no, the... Uh, whatever, that gives you plus X, plus O for artifacts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like, that's the kind of stuff you want to be doing. This is just so marginal. It doesn't... I mean, no. Just and no. Ugin's Nexus. No. You love this card. Or Oh, sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, this is garbage. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> uh, but nah, man, this was this was shrapnel blast. Oh, come on, man! You can shrapnel blast them and get an extra turn, and you can make it a five-five with soul artifact. You can soul it, you can attack with it, and then you can shrapnel blast, and you can get an extra turn. I mean, the only cool thing about this is like, so I'm just the curious, art. Was, yeah, was the art, and was Ugin a giant dragon? 
I didn't know that. Apparently. I do want to say something about the lands. What lands? There were lands? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the tri-lands. Yeah, those are really good. So the I think the fetch lands have, like, the worst art of any land in the set. Really? Yeah, and it's not even close. Like, yeah, the 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 tri lands are fine. Those are probably second worst art, which is weird. The uh, the the common mana fixing that they put out, where it enters the battlefield tat, but you gain one life, and there's just they're two color lands. Yeah, and there's ten of them. Uh, the art on that is just way better than the fetch lands. And then the basic land art is awesome. It's like probably one of my favorite sets of basic art that really? uh, that have come out. Yeah, Noah Bradley did a few of them. Um, yeah, I think it's I think they're fantastic, and then I think the uh, current fetch land art is much worse than the originals. These will th- these the basic lands will grow on me. I'm not, I wasn't I kind of went mad to the basic lands except for the one with the bright blue crystals, the island with the bright blue crystals. That's the oh one, really <laughs> yeah that was the one I was like I need foils of that like I just think that one's okay. I think they're I, I think they're all amazing. I think, I think these are probably my favorite basic land arts. Yeah. Thus far, yeah, I oh. think they're great. Well, cool. That's awesome. Um, I think that the wooded foothills looks like it should have been in Cold Snap. Yeah, it looks like a snow-covered mountain. It's very strange. I think they're fine. I don't know. I don't mind. The flooded strand has like a smiley sun in it. <laughs> yeah, it looks weird. It's it looks like, like a cartoon character. It looks like, like a Mario sun. three, and then like that sun that's attacking you in the desert. Um, and they've even got the bones that you like have to jump over in the desert. But it, for some reason, like this is like fifty years later, where they had some sort of like rain spell and like and it all became lush. Um, and it looks like a scene from Adventure Time. <laughs> I love Adventure Time, man. Uh, me too. <laughs> That's I don't know, I don't know why I don't like the art though. <laughs> I love Adventure Time, man. I don't know. I I, it, I don't care about the art. Maybe they made the art bad so they wouldn't be worth as much. I think so because like I prefer because I have the Bloodstained Myers, I have Wood Foothills, um, and I actually I think I like the Windswept Heath here better because the original was just so awful. Yeah, it's really unremarkable. This this one is of Heath is good, and I think the Bloodstained Mire is good, and the Polluted Delta is good. All right, Soren, I can take it or leave it on the other two. Uh, Polluted Delta is just weird. So those are just really stinky dragon corpses, and there's stink clouds coming out of them. Ew. I don't know. What do we think of this Soren here? Black White Token says it's pretty good. Yeah, it's. I like the old. <laughs> Original was better. The original Solemn, uh, the original Soren from Lord of Innistrad was much better. I liked, I liked his first album. I guess that'd be his second album. This guy totally would write albums that <laughs> yeah. people would think also, the first one was better. Yeah, so it's two white and a black, just like the original, but it has four uh, loyalty instead of three. Plus one, your creatures gain plus one, plus zero in lifelink until end of turn. And then minus two, you have to you put a two, two black vampire. No, no. Token. Until your next turn. That's, oh, so even on defense. That's really weird, but yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah minus two, put a 2-2 two, two black vampire creature token with flying onto the battlefield. And then minus six, you get an emblem with at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep that uh, player sacrifices a creature. So um, you plus it one, turn one, plus it turn two, and then you can ultimate it. Same with uh, Sarkin, actually. So these, these both can ultimate third turn. 
mm-hmm. um, which is pretty fast. But um, eh, I, I, I think he'll see play, but he's worse than the previous one. Uh, it also, um, while we're on the aesthetic subject, he looks the card looks almost exactly the same art wise as the solemn or Soren <laughs> Lord of Innistrad. And he's actually wearing the same clothes, which is kind of uh, been wearing the same stuff since Innistrad, so he's probably pretty stinky. Um, that's pretty much all I got on him. Also, the Solemn Visitor. That's a pretty He's a vampire. Game. Yeah, whatever. What, is vampires they... don't need to shower? No, they don't. They don't They don't. Sweat. They don't perspire? No, oh, they don't sweat. Okay. So looking at, like, Sarkin. Like, you know, he's, 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 got, he's all fitted out in his uh, cons outfit. Like, it's totally different than... Than uh, whenever he was mad or just you know regular, he's wearing different stuff. Sora's just walking around wearing the same he's thing. He's a vampire. He's immortal, man. He doesn't have to change clothes. So his clothes are immortal. They don't. Yeah, them. his clothes are immortal. <laughs> it's part of the thing. That's part of the gig. That's actually one of the like leading reasons to become a vampire. I mean, like top three reasons to become a vampire. You I know, mean, that would save me like. $500 a month. Uh, I think you, you get to fly around. Number one is like my number one reason to become a vampire. You get to fly around. You get to live long enough to see future cars. Number two. Uh, and number three is that you, your clothes regenerate forever. And that's like, it's awesome. Okay. So if he's so cool, why is he just the solemn visitor? That's the lamest title ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, think you're that... the crashing wave. Sarkin is a dragon speaker. Chandra's a pyro master. And this guy's just a solemn visitor. I mean, that's like, you know, you go to your grandma's funeral, you're a solemn visitor. Because brooding wallflower didn't sound as good. This guy's totally emo. He is! I'm just here. Don't just ignore me. Soren should get help. <laughs> He's just, he won't change. He doesn't change clothes. He doesn't shower. These are classic signs of clinical depression. Why couldn't they have made him? <laughs> why couldn't they have made him the solemn visitor and then had him be two a white and a black for loyalty, no abilities? <laughs> like he's still good. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's good. Giving he's... him a hard time. Being <laughs> all emo and not changing his clothes. We're just a bunch of bullies. Yeah, we are. Sorry, Soren. That's why he's so sad. Say no to bullying, unless it's really funny and, and topical. True. Then it's then it's fine. All right. God. So otherwise, you're going to generate a bunch of social social justice warrior tokens. Social justice warriors. Don't want that. We are. Um. We are. Yo, I'm TG. I would just end it like that. That would be so <laughs> I'm like, it's so late. I'm so tired. It's 1.15 in the morning if we leave this part in. And, yep. and so. Well, no, it's still like, I can't go back in time. It's still 1.15 in the morning for me. Yeah, it's true. It's I true. can't, uh, I can't unchange that. Or wait, no, I can't change that. I can't unchange that. <laughs> Oh man, and I actually work in the morning too. I, I'm I'm lucky enough to work nights a lot, but I'm not. I'm unchanging this as we speak. Yeah. Ugh. Cool. So that's the spoiler so far. Um, unfortunately, usually the second half of the spoiler is way less exciting than the first half. So, but regardless, we're going to come back next week and we're going to keep talking spoilers. I got gimmicks. We'll see. Oh, good. All right, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Yeah, you got you got some you got some some ideas. So, 
we'll, we'll keep it fresh regardless of what the rest of the spoiler kind of makes us go. Yeah, okay, those are all the limited cards, whatever. For until next week, uh, that's all we got. We're Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching. Start changing your clothes, Soren. Never encounter fights with self-defense, leg swipes, alcohol, toss, molotovs, throwing dynamite. Now they get caught up in a hype for being so tight. Sag with your jeans was never me, but right strike. And what they can't combine. Leroy Jenkins outlined the highest price. Hip-hop, you rap vaguely. I'm consistent, fresh, daily. I maintain the quiet life during open mics. Expectations is too high. Dreams holding it, I've lost friends and loved ones Couldn't cope with it, pursue music with a strength Yo MTG Taps is available every other Thursday on LegitMTG.com IWantMyMTG.com MTGCast.com And iTunes Email us, YoMTGTaps at gmail.com Like us on Facebook Follow us on Tumblr YoMTGTaps.tumblr.com Follow us on Twitter at YoMTGTaps. Follow me on Twitter at OMGWTFBHJFTW. Follow Steven on Twitter at M00NPI. Follow Joey on Twitter at Affinity for Blue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>